Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friend, I've got really four different segments that I want to share with you, but I want to start out here in this first segment and do something I don't normally do, which is to bring your attention to an event that's coming up. Uh, I really don't like people that sit in infomercial on the radio or on TV. Uh, but in this particular case, I think that it's uh, something pretty important that I want to share with you, something you'd probably hate to miss. So I'm going to take up your very valuable time to share with you what's going on. I've been in business now for 32 years, and uh, let's see, what is this, the 22nd? Yeah, 32 years. I've been, I've had lifestyles in business, and we've helped thousands and tens of thousands of people obtain financial freedom. I, currently, I think we're somewhere around 50,000 current members uh, in all 50 states, and uh, we, we've been doing this to a high level of success for years now. One of the things that I created way back when, which I think is probably part of the success, I mean, there's many, many things I would name as to why we were so successful, but one of the things that I'd like to bring to your attention is something I call case studies. And what a case study is, is a combination testimonial slash information uh, derivation point where you can get information from people specifically about their deals. So when you go to a case study and we have them live, and now since the pandemic, we also have them um, over the Internet. So you can sign up to go to a live event or you can sign up to go to an online event. The one we have coming up, which is September 8th, is our anniversary, 32nd anniversary case study, and I'm going to be attending that. I haven't, I don't do case studies very often anymore. I don't attend very many live events, um, the main ones I do, and I'm going to be at this one because it's rather important. And what I'd like to get across to you is why these case studies were so important and why you would want to take the time to get out to one, and I would hope you'd want to get out to the one that I'm going to be in and leading, is that when you decide that you're going to do something different in life, you have really multiple levels of challenge. And the very first level of challenge is that you don't believe you can do it. I mean, I remember when my girlfriend took me to a dance studio and there was professional dancers there doing the stuff that was unbelievable. She goes, I want you to take dance. Let's learn how to dance. And I looked at her like, you're insane. There is no way I can get out there and make my feet do that stuff and my hands do that stuff and swirl, let alone do it all to the music and make it look graceful and so forth. And a year and a half later, I was doing it like I'd been doing it my whole life. At the beginning 
of that, you run into many challenges. And again, one of the first challenges is to believe that somebody like you can do it. So when you come to a case study, it's not coming there to see me because I'm successful. Really, even or the mentors that are heavily successful, even though every mentor I have started as a student at one time. I don't take outside mentors. I take only people that have come through the system and used it and become highly successful financially so that they can teach you the system because they've been through it and it's worked. And so you come and see these people and that gives you a little more belief because, okay, well, these guys, they're not Dell and, you know, you look at me and you go, okay, you're big and gregarious and you know, who knows how, where you started from, although I started with no money. I did have credit. I didn't have bad credit like a lot of people, but I, I had very little money, although I did have some money. I had a job. I saved money. I wasn't, wasn't broke. And, but you don't see that because now you see this guy that's got a lot of money and, you know, a lot of um, popularity as far as I'm out there. So you don't compare. You can't compare yourself and say, I see that. I can believe that. I can, I can, you know, take action to get there. Because as um, it was stated in the book, Think and Grow Rich, is that whatever the mind, the man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Well, the very fact that we're telling you we all did it is the conception. But the believability is something completely different. And when you go there, and I'll just name a few names like I'm loud and gregarious. David Fisher, another one of my men or another one of my um, teachers is loud and gregarious. But when you go there and you see the little engineer guy and I say little, I'm just little as far as personality. It's a sub, you know, subdued individual, college educated engineer, regular go to get up and go to work kind of guy every day and no gregariousness, no da, 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 just, Hey, uh, this is what I am. This is who I am. This is what I did. You know, I listened, I studied, I learned, et cetera. And it worked. And I think that's important because, you know, you're going to see big people, small people, old people, young people, white people, black people, brown people, yellow people. You're going to see every kind of race, religion, nationality that you can think of. They're all there. So this system isn't predicated on who you are as you walk through the door. It's predicated on what you are willing to do once you get there. So that first level of challenge in your in your existence Uh, of trying to become something different is to believe you can. Seeing other people like yourself is a big help. The next thing you run into is that you don't even know what people are talking about. Um, You know, when I went to the dance studio and people were talking about, yes, I did this, did, 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 did. I had no idea what they're talking about. Then they talk about things like ball, step, chain, spin, you know, 99 time, time, you know, whatever the timing was. And, you know, can, can you do that at 115? Can you do that at 99? Can, can you do that at 90? Well, you know, I didn't even know what any of that stuff meant, right? The moves do this move, that move. There's like, you know, a hundred different moves. You don't know the names of them and they're throwing names and words and verbiage at you. So you don't even feel like you fit in because you don't even know what it means. At the case study, what we try to do is take and 
bring it down to a level that the average person can understand. Keep it simple, stupid kind of concept. And whenever there are terms that get used, uh, we make sure that those terms get defined for the people in the audience so that, you know, you know what's going on. One of the things I hate is when people teach with acronyms. You know, it's, everybody thinks they're, they're important when they start talking in acronyms. And that's just a very good way to show you have no respect for the people you're talking to because they don't know what those acronyms mean. So you next, you got to learn the words. So you're going to go there and you're going to see the words used and defined and start to understand them. Then the next thing you got to believe in is, okay, now we're believing in you. Now you got to believe in the system. And when you go there and you see people get up on stage, go, I came here. I was just as skeptical as you are right this minute. I sat right there in that chair and I was super skeptical. My wife was skeptical. My husband was skeptical. You know, my boss, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's skeptical. And. Now I'm standing up here right now in front of you saying, look, I get that you're skeptical because I was right where you're at. So what you then need to know is, but does it work? And I want you to understand that in 2007, I won the National Apartment Association's Real Estate Investor of the Year Award as an IRO, Independent Real Estate Investor of the Year Award. I thought that was so neat. I thought that's the highest level you get in the country. There's 44,000 independent real estate investors in the National Apartment Association. And, you know, I won. So I thought, you know what, that's a neat thing. There's, you know, 40,000, 50,000 people every year you're competing against. What if we could win that? I'll tell you what we did. Uh, today I'm talking about the 32nd year anniversary case study coming up September 8th. That's two weeks from tomorrow, and you're, that's two, it's a Thursday night, September 8th, and um, we've been talking about the fact why it's so important to get out to these things, and one is just so that you can see that there's other people just like you that have done it, so you can believe that you can do it, uh, to get out and start hearing yourself and really immerse yourself in the vocabulary of what is going on. And whenever you get into something new, you've got to first learn the vocabulary. You don't even know what people are talking about until you start listening and learning. We'll make that very well uh, understood at the case study. The next thing is the system. How does the system really work? And as I said, when I went to break, I'd tell you more about the system. Um, The system here is very, very successful. I always joke about this all the time about, you know, you think there's, uh, you know, The Texans, Houston Texans, right? They spend billions and billions of dollars to put people on the field. You know, every other sports team spends, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever the number is. You know, there's people getting paid millions, and and yet they look like idiots out there playing on the field. You go, why is it that these guys all get paid these mass amounts of money? They all come out of college. They're all picked, yet one team wins every year. And there's really only like one or two teams that win all the time. And it's because of the team's system. So the coaching system, the management team system from the top down is what makes winners out of these teams. The football players are replaceable. The basketball players are replaceable. You can win with any combination of these guys. It's the system that wins. And so in our system, 2007, I went to the National Apartment Association 
and won the Independent Real Estate Owner of the Year Award. And I said, you know, we need to be able to teach people to be this good. As good as I am that I won this award, everybody should be that good. And so that became the level of our education. Hey, we're the best there is. The education is the best there is. And if you're playing on our team and playing by our rules and following our training strategies, you're going to win. And we have. Not only have we retired thousands and thousands of people over the last 32 years, made millionaires out of thousands of people over the last 30 year, 32 years, we've also won the National Apartment Association's Independent Real Estate Owner of the Award the last 16 years in a row. In other words, since I've won it in 2007, uh, we've won it uh, over and over and over and over and over again. Almost, I think it's every year, to be honest with you. I'd have to check to make sure it's every year, but it's 16 times. I know that's the number, and it's since 2007. You can do some back numbers. I think that's every year. But you say, well, what 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 does that have to do with me? I'm not going to win any awards. It's not the matter that you're going to win any awards. It's the system as used by the team. Like I said, you can put the players in and out of any good team, and they'll still win. It's the system that wins. And being here, you're joining a winning system that has proven itself time and time again, year after year after year, decade after decade, 32 years worth of success. And so you need to come out and see that. Now, the last reason that you need to show up for this thing is because you need to immerse yourself with people and in with people that are good at what they do, at what you want to do. There's no way you can hang out with people that are bad at making money, bad at being wealthy or not wealthy, another way of saying the same thing, uh, and learn how to be wealthy. you got to rub elbows with these people. So when I started collecting trains, toy trains, model trains, I went and found the top model train guys in the area that I could get to know. And then eventually I went to all the way up to Dallas to meet the top modeler in the country and uh, got to know the top modeler in the country. And he got to know me. I had him all the way down to my house. I mean, and, you know, all of a sudden I knew everything there was in this train modeling world, right? Because I was hanging out with the guy that was the best, um, watching him do it in his shop, having him help me plan mine, right? Uh, when I wanted to learn how to dance, my girlfriend got me with pros. And we'd go out with these pros, and we'd go out dancing with them, of course, but we would also go out and have dinner, spend time with them. And I remember we were partying one time, and I was really stuck on learning how to do the, you know, do this dancing. I just could not become comfortable with it. And some guy wasn't even the teacher she had me with, just some other guy that was a pro, was pro. He's one of the best guys there. Took me aside and said, Dell, look, do this. You know, walk, walk, triple step, walk, walk, triple step. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? It sounds as, but it was just the simple basis for the entire movement. And and he just got me doing it. Okay, now rock up on back, rock back, rock up, rock back, rock up, back, rock, boop, 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 boop. And by, I did that for five or ten minutes, and by the time I left there that night, I thought I could dance. It's like I he had just had this simple way of getting you to understand that the whole dance was just combinations of 
and pieces of this. And, uh, man, from that point on, it got easier and easier and easier, just that one little insight. Uh, but every other time I met another pro, they all had something they could drop on me, a pearl of wisdom, you know, a pearl of wisdom. I remember one guy told me, he said, hey, I see you're moving your feet. You've been studying your steps. Can I ask you a question? I said, what's that? He goes, why don't you do it to the music? I go, what? And I never even realized. I'm here worrying about making these steps, and this guy's going, you're not even dancing because you're not doing it to the music. you got to get into the music. you got to enjoy the music. And I'm thinking, wow, that's what coming to this case study does. you got to come see the people that are enjoying being wealthy. It's not the grind, grind, grind. I got to get some money. I'm afraid I'm going to go broke. My world is, sucks and I just know it. And I got to get in there and fight for some money. And that's the way money feels when you're poor. But when you're not poor and you get out there and you see people that don't even sweat it. Yeah, I'm doing three more deals right now. And I, I got this project going and that project. And then you go, aren't you even a bit worried? And deep down inside, there is the unknown which in any level of unknown, there's some level of fear. But that level of fear is long since subsided by the introduction of the joy of the knowledge of what the outcome of the project is going to be. And so you see these people just having a great time, and you're going to meet them. And then for every one of your five or six or ten negative points you have, they're going to laugh just give you the answer. And when you hear the answer come out of their mouths with no fear, and flow off their tongue like it's the easiest thing in the world to understand, then you're going to start to understand yourself. And then it's going to be possible to do it. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. For over 30 years, our successful members have shared their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into that knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, uh, we are going to start discussing something about why real estate investing is so much more profitable than other investments, or one of the aspects. Before we do, I want to remind you again that this uh, first half of this radio podcast has been about this case study that's coming up. It's the 32nd year anniversary case study. It's September 8th. And by the way, if you want to register or get more information on it, go to lucasestudy.com. L-U, like Lifestyles Unlimited. L-U-casestudy.com. And you can sign up there and or get more information. I highly recommend there. I will be there. And you can meet me if you're going to be in the Houston area. If not, you'll see me 
uh, on the webcast. I'll be live there, and you'll be able to ask questions. Even on the webcast area, we have people taking questions live, and they will be bringing those questions down to us on the floor uh, of the presentation. So the next thing we want to talk about here is um, somebody sent me an article from Marcus Milchap, a multifamily brokerage firm, and they were talking about there's commercial real estate has one characteristic that other types of investing doesn't have. Other types of investing, you buy them, and you hope they go up in value. You hope the stocks go up in value. You hope bonds go up in value. You hope something happens to make it happen. But in real estate investing, specifically commercial real estate investing, you actually can change the value of your business. And they talked about the three different ways that you can do that. The first way is by repositioning your product. So we go in we buy something that's in bad repair uh, or is just run down. And to whatever level it's run down to, and there's, there's really four classes of real estate. There's A class, B class, C class, and no class at all. And we take a property of whichever class it's in and say, look, this property is in a neighborhood that could easily be operated at a class above that. So whatever it would take to go in there and renovate this or renovate that or get rid of the bad clientele and put in good clientele, we can reposition that property. It's called from a class D to a class C or from a class C to a class B or from a class B to a class A. Very infrequently, you can go from something like a class C, although you can't go up to an A. An A's got to be brand new. So um, because it's the type of construction it is. Now, I've heard people say you can have a class A based on the price per square foot of the rent in very good parts of town by renovating an older property and making it, you know, very modern. Okay, I'll give you that. You can have to spend a lot of money to do it. But typically what we're doing is we're buying C's and turning them into B's. We're buying D's and turning them into B's, et cetera, et cetera. We might even take a B and turn it into an A minus, you know. Uh, the bottom line is is that you're, this repositioning thing is changing the product, right? The second way you can increase the value of a property is by management. Since the value of the property is based on its income, you can look at just changing what the profit and loss statement has to say. For example, many times, lazy landlords or slumlords are afraid to raise the rents. Even though the market rents all around them are going up radically, they don't raise the rents because, number one, they know their property is a piece of garbage, and if they raise the rents, they're afraid people will leave. Number two, um, they don't want to raise the rents because uh, they know they'd have to do a make-ready, and that would cost them money, and they don't want to do that. So they, they basically take on this, what I call the secret handshake with their tenant. That is, hey, I'll never contact you if you never contact me, and I'll never ask you for a rent increase if you never ask me to fix anything, which really is the reversal of increasing the value, actually decreasing the value because your rents are losing uh, ground on market rents and your property is deteriorating away from you. So it's really the opposite of what you should be doing. But for those of us that know what we're doing, we can go in there and we can cut expenses. I have a, a class, and one of, the, one of the pieces of the class is 21 ways to reduce operating costs. And, uh, man, that's a lot of ways, man. That's a lot of ways. Or is it 21 ways to increase the income? I think it is. It might be. But So there's ways to increase your rents. Think about it. You can increase your rent. You can increase your fees. You can increase um, all sorts of things. I mean, I just... 
I, I can't at the top of my head name all 21 of them right now, but they're there, they're in the class. And it's very easy for those who have been educated and trained in this that know these things, know how to increase the income by increasing the income and decreasing the expenses, both of them at the same time. Many of these things uh, will change the income, net operating income, so much that the value of the property will go up radically. Now, the thing you have to understand is that it only takes a small amount of net increase in net operating income to create a large amount of increase in value because of the leverage factor, right? And when you come to the case study, you'll learn what that means, that leverage factor, and how, you know, just a little bit of a change on one end makes a major change on the other end. So you have management, just better management overall can make a difference in the value of the property. And then the, the third way is something called management knowledge. And there are things where you, as an experienced investor, know things that a non-experienced investor or a slumlord doesn't know. For instance, you know that the interest rates are getting ready to change. Well, the guys who bought the properties didn't know the interest rates were going to change. So you have an advantage over them. They're in a situation now, and this is a perfect example of what's going on now, and why it's such a good time to be buying real estate. I'm buying everything I can get my hands on right now, by the way is that for the properties we already own, we didn't know that the taxes were going to go up, property taxes were going to go up as much as they have. We didn't know the cost of insurance was going to go up as much as it did. You know, we saw that the Democrats were voted in. That typically leads to all kinds of business problems, um, but we couldn't do anything about it, but we were already in our business, so we have to live with it. So we have to be that good management team and operate our way through these hurdles, right, um, et cetera, et cetera. The, remember, the construction costs went up, rehab costs went up, water went up, gas went up, electric went up, labor went up. So all of these costs are rising. That's inside knowledge. What does that inside knowledge give me? It gives me the knowledge that the people I'm buying from right now may, if they were not positioned correctly before all this stuff started happening with the inflation, with the COVID, with the whatever it is, you know, the, the, the politics that are going on right now, before all that negative stuff started happening, if they weren't prepared, they weren't operating correctly, they could be hurting now. I know that. And so as a buyer, I know how to solve those problems. For one, I don't have to live with all those problems because I can buy the property at a lower price than they paid for it in many cases because the bank is saying, we're going to charge you higher interest rates. And because of higher interest rates, you can't get as much for your sale, Mr. Seller. Otherwise, the buyer won't, uh, the property won't qualify for the loan. So the price has to be lower or the seller has to put more down. And if enough sellers say, no, I'm not going to put more down, pretty soon the seller's stuck. He's going to have to sell at a lower price. And that's what's going on right now. Um, across the board, I had, a, I had a meeting with consultants and people the other day, uh, both the, the mentors and the consultants and many of the uh, brokers and agents on my real estate companies. And it's across the board right now. It's anywhere from 10 to 20% reduction in price since the beginning of this year. So it's out there. It's happening. And I'm pushing for the outliers. I want to find the crazy person that uh, wasn't prepared, that made all kinds of mistakes, 
and is in real trouble. It's going to be forced to sell at a price that's going to be liquidation price. That's what I'm looking for um, because that's how I make a lot of money is waiting until these situations occur where there are distressed situations and then getting involved with those distressed situations. So right now, that knowledge base. Now, there's other forms of knowledge base. You might know that the government's going to put a new like or you might know there's going to be a new um, factory being put in there. and There's going to be a high demand in that area. You might know that you might know um, there's many different things you can know about an area that it's changing that could give you insight about something, right? When this occurs, you're able to take action on stuff um, that the seller was unprepared to take action on uh, because they've already made their move. (sighs) Last is just good old knowledge, knowing that the person is just mismanaged the property, mispositioned the property, is not running the property the way it should be operated, not operating for the right clientele it should be operated with. You name it. If you know what's wrong with it, you can fix it. This last segment here, I want to talk about an email I got from a gentleman. Um, Interestingly enough, we went through three or four emails back and forth. As we went through them, I found out, you know, a little bit about the guy and about what he's planning on doing and what he wanted to do and the question he asked me. And I think it's interesting, my answer to his question and then his response to my answer to his question as in watching how people go through and work through a decision that they're going to make. So this gentleman's situation was he had a large tract of land that he owned free and clear, and he wanted to build an apartment complex on it. And so he was talking about the fact that the construction company, see, my, my question is regarding a new build of a possible small multifamily project locally here uh, where I already own the ground with a small amount of debt, small amount of debt on it. Okay. I'm currently doing some feasibility work with contractors, commercial realtors, and local officials and working on a pro forma, in other words, um, projected of what he could build there effectively. The very preliminary drawings show up as many as 54 units and four floors. Um, we don't own anything four floors. Typical industry out here in Houston or in the Texas area is three floors or below. And anytime you get over two floors, you have to have fire equipment. Fourth floor, you start talking about you're going to need an elevator, which is really a pain in the behind But... He was talking about that. The very preliminary drawings show up as many as 54 units and four floors. The ground has been for sale for many years at the I don't want to sell price. and I don't need to sell it. So he's been trying to sell the property uh, to the greater fool theory person out there willing to pay him more than what it's really worth. So now his question is, you know, mom, my question is, in your opinion, would it be better to continue to try to sell the ground? Uh, There is a single family house there and parlay into another property via 1031 or leverage the property into a new class a multifamily property even if it's less than what the property can support it's about 1.5 acres and i'm asking four hundred fifty thousand dollars. now we don't have any relevance to the value of that piece of property because we don't know where it's at whatever it's got a house on it 
1.5 acres is not very much. My home sits on two and a half acres, and I'm in a subdivision. So, I mean, it's like a subdivision lot in a nice subdivision. One and a half acres just doesn't seem like something you'd want to put an apartment complex on. But they're saying they can. They've got the engineers that say they can do it. They've got the city people and the commercial brokers that say they can do it. So they probably can. So he's asking my opinion. Should I go ahead and do that? And let's see if I have my answer written out here. It'd be easier for me just to give it to you that way because it was quite important that I get all of this to you. I said, I just gave a speech today about how the guys starting new construction at this time uh, of falling prices and rising construction costs are going to get killed. So there it was. I had just come out of a seminar where I had given a lecture about this market right now with the prices, the for sale prices going down and the cost of construction and the cost of everything going up, including insurance and taxes, that these guys who had these pro formas, just like he was talking about his pro forma, what he thought he could do are getting just destroyed. So I'm, I'm telling him this. I'm saying, look, I just came out of a seminar talking to people about how bad the people I know that started these projects have it and how bad, you know, they're going to get their butt kicked even more so as this thing keeps going. I suggested that you sell the land and buy something else in taking a loss on over uh, by somebody else who is taking a loss on their property sometime in the next year. So in other words, I'm saying, hey, don't be the guy that does something wrong and loses your property at a bad price to somebody else who didn't make the mistake. Be the person who sells your property, gets some money, and buys from somebody who made the mistake. I go on and say, I'm killing people in the market right now on my personal purchases from builders that are stuck in deals they can't get out of at the value they performed at the time they started construction. So I buy a lot of brand new stuff right from builders. And the builders build it thinking they're going to be able to sell it for this based on if they lease it up at this rate, then it's worth X, right? So they're capitalizing the value of the property. They got, you know, I'll just make up a number. They put a million in land. They put five million in building. They own it for six million. But if they lease it up, the capitalized value of the property might be 10 million. It might be $9 million, whatever. So that's what they're doing. But what's happening to these guys is they're getting there, and all of a sudden they can't get the lease rates that they want. Uh, well, that's not true. Their lease rates are high right now, so that's that was a misstatement. What they're running into is the taxes are higher, the insurance is higher, the construction costs are way higher, the time to get it done is way longer, so the holding costs are much higher, and the sales prices have gone down because cap rates are going up because interest rates are up. So it's very hard to sell into high interest rates like that. And so they're having a hard time. And what I'm telling this gentleman is, hey, I, uh, I just wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't take that extra risk right now. I'm just a conservative kind of guy. Guy writes me back and says, um, uh, I have to say I'm not surprised by your response. I appreciate them very much. I'm close to your age, and I have built a few buildings before and have done well, so I understand the perils that are involved. None of my endeavors have been in multifamily, however. So he's saying, hey, I got, my, I really know what I'm doing. I was just sort of asking you for your opinion, right? And I sort of figured you might say something like that is what he's saying. Um, he goes on and says, I try not to listen to people that don't have any money. 
uh, not meaning you, but living in a conservative community, some of your concerns about libs don't worry me that much. However, I believe the spirit of your comments are spot on. So what he's saying is that I told him, I said, look, right now, if the, if the Democrats keep changing the rules, construction rules and so forth, um, and laws for rental, it may be even more difficult. He says he's not worried about that. Either way, the bottom line is he got a comment back from his builder that the price has just gone up by 30%. Way it works. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.